0: Uh, so good we had to do part two of this. It is the second part of the Locked On Big 12 Roundtable. Josh Neighbors here, Locked On Big 12 Podcast. If you're watching on YouTube, to my right is Linda Godfrey of Locked On Pokes. Below her, it is Stephen Simcox, the host of Locked On Horn Frogs. And then to his left, below me, it is John Williams, the host of Locked On Sooners. Dabo Sweeney made some comments this week about NIL and the transfer portal. And uh, I know David Sweeney's not a Big B- 12 coach, but there's some points that some are valid. Some are really just not valid. And we're going to talk about it have a mature conversation about it where I promise I won't get too angry. That's Cap. All right. Intro video. We'll get to his comments.
1: You are locked on Big 12 your daily podcast on the big 12 conference, part of the locked on podcast network, your team every day.
0: All right. So Dabo Sweeney did an interview uh, with uh, ESPN the other day. And this interview, I mean, it is, it's absolute gold. Um, He's got some great quotes in there. He does it with Chris Lowe over at ESPN. And so he talked transfer portal. He talked NIL and we're going to get to some of the stuff, and I have some of the quotes. So uh, let's do transfer portal first, all right? Um, this was Devo's comments. Oh, That's a background one uh, on the transfer portal. Uh, pulling it up. Hold on. There it is. Boom. There it is. All right. So <laughs> my transfer portal right now is the that locker room because if I'm constantly going out every year and adding guys for the transfer portal, I'm telling all those guys in that locker room that I don't believe in them. I don't think that they can play. We're also not doing our job as coaches and recruiters if we're bringing in a bunch of transfers. We're not going to build our roster on transfers. Okay, Linda, I'll go to you first. Is there any truth in the idea that we're not doing our job correctly if we're having to bring in transfers or it's evaluating 16-year-old kids and sometimes you might miss on a 16-year-old kid? Uh, I know it's not that simple, but like, is there any truth to the, we're not doing our job. We're getting portal kids all the time.
1: Disrespectfully. Absolutely not. We're not doing our job because a kid picked a school and it didn't work out because hell, I don't care if the quote is the vibes were wrong. If you're not comfortable at the school that you picked and you want to change schools then you should like, that's just further recruiting. Now you have more tape recruit that guy. It's such an insane insinuation about coaches not doing their job because a player wanted to enter the transfer portal when like our coaches doing their job when they take an interview and decide to bail on a school because there are greener pastures they believe ahead I don't I don't care it's just in it's an insane take to say that like we're not doing our job if kids are going to the transfer portal
0: Stephen, oh, go go ahead, Linda. Go, go ahead, Linda. You're I almost said
1: or? I almost said a bad word, so I, know, do, I do. Steven. say
0: bad <laughs> words. I do. I do. So you're fine to go. Uh, Stephen, do you think the day will come? And, and we're seeing it now, right? They did win ten games last year, but it was not a great Clemson season. Kirby's down with them a little bit. They just lost lost Tony Elliott. They just lost Brent Venables. Will the day come when Dabo Sweeney has to do an about face on this and hit the portal hard? To restock a team that let's be honest they're not recruiting at the level
2: that they used to be well of course it will i mean like this is how this always plays out you know i'm actually pleasantly surprised because my initial thought when it was like Dabo sauce on the transfer portal was going to be well we're not you know we're teaching these kids that they can just quit if things get hard which is such a weird take because i realize like jobs are different but i've had bad jobs before And you know what I did? I went out and found other jobs that I liked more. And, like, I know not everyone has that freedom in life, but that's, like, a perfectly legitimate option in the world we live in. You can go do something different if you don't like what you're doing. Um, Or, you know, like the old tired, well, uh, Joey got a ribbon and t-ball when he was five when he finished in fifth place, and now he's entitled to thinking that the world should just give him everything. Um, But it wasn't that. All that being said, like in my mind, I just don't understand why, if you're a big time college football coach, why are you still complaining about the transfer portal? Yes. Like there's talented people in the transfer portal. Makes no sense. You're going to have to use it. Everybody else is using it. Like, just use it. It's not a big deal. It's not an admission of failure or an admission of guilt. Like guys have the ability to move on. Um, you know, it's, it's almost like free agency in college football now college basketball and like the world's not ending it's a little harder to keep track of who's on your team nowadays but that's that's not the worst thing ever like people are still you know involved enough that they can keep track of who's going where um so sure he's gonna have to do an about face i mean he won't because there's not gonna be any accountability like he'll take some big time quarterback and somebody ask him about it and he'll be like oh well we just we just wanted this young man he's he fit our culture stuff. you know he, yeah he, needs home. yeah he had such high character. We went and got him, um, but I just like, why are you fighting against something that could benefit you and something that everyone else is is going to use? I, I don't understand that. Let's
0: way. put a huge pin in what you just said because it actually it relates to the second part of, of what Davo said. Um, John, as you know, as somebody who is now covering a team that took one of the coordinators, I, I will say I actually enjoy Brent Venables. Um, I I like the, he's taking kind of the positive stuff of Clemson and like not the crappy stuff where it's like transfers, like we can't do that. So I think I've kind of, I've kind of liked what he's doing, but you know, to to build off of Steven's point, um, that day is going to come. Do you think he's, he just takes the transfers or he's like, no, I will die on the hill. And I will go out swinging and be like, no transfers ever. We will do it with Clemson Tigers, in big quotes.
3: Yeah, I mean, I think it's going to come to a point where he kind of learns from the pupil, so to speak. You know, like Brent Venables came in, and he he didn't make anything 100%. Nothing was absolute, whether it was NIL or Transfer Portal. It was, you know, they're going to have to fit culture, and they're going to be competing for jobs just like everybody else. And you look at, you know, the, the Lincoln Riley era, and yes, there were the quarterbacks. But even last year, they brought in three Tennessee guys, all who most people thought were going to have big-time roles for the program. Wanya Morris, the left tackle, ended up basically as a rotational player. Eric Gray had a, a few good games to start the season, but eventually seeded way to Kennedy Brooks. And Key Lawrence was kind of a rotational defensive back. And, and so, like, the transfer portal doesn't necessarily mean you're bringing guys in, and then you don't believe in the guys you've already got it just adds competition to whatever position group. And that should be a good thing. If you're a coach, you should be looking for competition for your guys. If you believe in them, then you shouldn't like necessarily say like, Hey, this transfer portal kid, he's coming. You lost your job. Like if you believe in the kid that you recruited, then who you bring into the transfer portal doesn't necessarily go against that. It means you're just going to have to compete. Like this is just part of the job is you compete for jobs. And yeah, man, I don't know what he's going to end up doing. You know, college coaches, they're so prideful and in a, in a way sometimes narcissistic that they believe that their way is the only way and they'll get fired going down with the ship. And and it's unfortunate. Um, you know, Dabo's right now, he's the, the captain of the Titanic and, you know, he's kind of going full speed ahead. And, you know, hopefully he doesn't, you know, lose his job. Because I, I like Dabo for the most part. I think he does a good job. I think, you know, creating good culture is an important aspect of college coaching. I think it gets underrated at times, but we're seeing what's happening. Not starting, sorry, Jonathan, for taking a shot at Texas, but we're seeing how culture can affect the program at Texas. So, you know, like there shouldn't be absolutes on anything as a coach. You always have to be willing to adapt and evolve. And if you're not, you're going to get left in the dust by coaches who are willing to adapt and evolve. I mean, Mario Cristobal down there at Miami, he's going to have a really good shot at becoming the power in the, in the ACC. He had a, he did a great job at Oregon. I mean, Miami has a much bigger brand than Oregon does, so there's a good chance he's going to be able to recruit really, really well and surpass Clemson as the ACC power. So, Brent or Dab was going to have to evolve. He's going to have to kind of take some tricks from some of his guys that were his coordinators that went on to other places. Todd Bates, another Dabo Sweeney, Brent Venables disciple, mm-hmm. defensive line coach, went out and got Jeffrey Johnson from Tulane, a guy that is going to figure into their defensive line rotation immediately, probably going to start at one technique. So, like, there's a reason why the transfer portal exists. And it can benefit your team, especially if you look at like senior grad transfers or something like that, because these are guys that have one more year eligibility. They're not necessarily even because they aren't getting enough opportunities. They don't like the culture. They just want to play one more year. So sometimes it's there's guys like that out there that could benefit your program. Why close yourself off to it? It's just it's not smart. It's trying to coach football with one arm tied behind your back and not using all the means necessary. If you're an, if you're the AD or you're the, the boosters or the board of regents, I don't know if I guess Clemson doesn't have board of regions, but if you're, you know, the powers that be at Clemson, you're like, Dabo, come on, man. Like I get what you're saying, but we could have really used an offensive lineman. And there's some out there in the portal that are just down the road at Georgia. Let's go after them.
0: Not all these kids are mercenaries, right? Like, right. And, and this is actually a big point that we bring up on the PAC 12 show. It's like, some kids graduate from Stanford, you know what they don't want to do? Go to graduate school at Stanford Great. or UCLA or Northwestern places like that like like you know, sure, there are some kids you know and, but also there are other kids too who are you know at a smaller school and hey say, hey, I want to go play pro football, and I want to do it. Isaiah Nayer, a kid who is going to play who played at Wyoming, now goes to Texas. Is anybody going to get mad at Isaiah Nair and say he doesn't care as much about, about Texas football? Cause he, no, I bet that guy probably as a kid dreamed of playing in a big school like that, and now he's got a chance. It's just not the natural, I'm um, an 18-year-old, I'm committing to play. 17-year-old, I'm committing to play here. That's one big thing. You mentioned narcissism. Don't worry. We've got more, all right, of that in bunches and bunches.
1: BetOnline.net is your number one source for all of your betting stats and sports info. Find all of the latest sports development league reviews and news, including this year's basketball playoffs and the start of Major League Baseball season. Big things are already happening in both. Last night, a girl glued her hand to the floor in a NBA game, and I saw a a batter get hit in the butt cheek this week. And I'm not a big NBA or Major League Baseball fan, but for those two things, I'll watch. Bet online is your continued source for all of your sport wagering information, from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet online, where the game starts.
0: Here's Dabo on NIO. There's no rules. There's no guidance. No nothing. It's out of control. I actually don't agree. I actually do agree. With, excuse me. Um, you know, it's it's an absolute mess and a train wreck. And the kids are going to be – here's the key part. And the kids are going to be the ones who suffer in the end. There are going to be a lot of kids that end up with no degrees and make decisions based on the wrong things. There are going to be a lot of decisions based on short-term stuff. And they're going to sacrifice the long-term value of education, relationships, and connectivity. What the hell do those last two things give you? It will settle out eventually. But no, it's not what's supposed to be. The intention was good. I love the fact these guys can go make some money on their name, image, and likeness if that's what they want to do. But the way it's set up right now is definitely not how it's intended. Just like most things, there are unintended consequences, and unfortunately, the kids will be the ones who pay the price because you've got a lot of really young people that are going to have to grow up really fast. All right. So, Linda, I think we can all agree the management of this is not great, but- the idea that's like these kids just want the money. It's not why the management's bad. It's because the NCAA wasn't prepared for it,
3: right? Like, so
1: absolutely.
0: The right. idea, like the kids, it's like you know these kids are to get boned. Also, I, how? Because how are these well, kids getting screwed? If and, and, so, we, we all like the NFL. Um, that ain't it, you know what's NFL stand for? Not for long, right? So what is wrong now with the kids who have football careers, which are normally very short, making money off of that? Now, the only people I can see getting screwed are the businesses like maybe Dr. Pepper that feels like, hey, DJ Uyungale did not give us return for what we paid for. Quinn Ewers at Ohio State would be the same way. But how are the kids getting screwed, Linda? I don't seem to understand that part.
1: The kids aren't getting screwed, but that's the only way he can skew it to make himself feel better about being against kids getting paid for the product they're putting on the field. He knows, good and God, he knows that the students, the student athletes are bringing in the money. He knows that's why he's getting paid, but God forbid he ever want to share any of it. And I think it's, again, he just... Like, talk less. Say less, Dabo. That's what I'm asking you to do. Because it has no rules, and I'm worried about its sustainability. Would have been, like, that's plenty. So to go on and, like, blame kids for, like, to say that they're going to... It's all Most of these kids getting these big NIL deals are going to go into the NFL, or at least sniff NFL money. So... The idea that money now is going to detract them from the big money later is a little insane to me. A lot of them leave college early without a degree anyway. There's just a lot. Just say less. That's all I'm asking.
0: Yeah, I don't know how the NIL keeps them getting degrees. That that part makes no sense to me at all. Um, Steven, I'm going to Chris Paul. You're going to be DeAndre Aiden here. So to the point of like, Coaches shouldn't be saying stuff about the transfer portal. How about coaches saying dumb stuff about NIL? Because if I'm a kid and I hear this, I'm like, you know, how about the coaches who don't say stuff about NIL? And who aren't, you know, it's, it's, if I hear this, I'm like, well, coach, you weren't really supportive of this. So at Georgia, they're really backing it up or at Oklahoma, Mm -hmm. they're really backing it up. Alabama's really backing it up. You don't seem to be as much into this. Those coaches are more into it than, than you are. Look, once again, I know coaches can't use this as inducement, but let's be frank about this. I think uh, I think this gets brought up because a lot of kids' families are saying, Well, what can you do for us? Rightfully so. Once again, football's not forever. So this this hurts. I, I don't know why Lane Kiffin said that thing about, well, AM's got a lot of, shucks. you know, has uh, got a lot more money than us. I don't know why, in response, that we heard Jimbo Fisher say, we're not doing it that way. That's not how we're doing it. And I don't know why coaches, you know, who's not doing this, not doing this. Nick Saban. He's not like, well, you know what? There's no money. No, he's not doing that. Guess what? He did last year. Talked about how much money Bryce Young was making. Mm -hmm. Steven, why this does not help you in any way?
2: No, it makes no sense. And you, you bring up a great point. Like, In a lot of ways, people equate Nick Saban as, like, the grumpy old coach who won't change. But you know what Nick Saban's done his whole time at Alabama? He's adapted. Mm -hmm. Like, when that offense got bogged down, he said, okay, let's open this thing up. You know, I'm I'm able to get the best athletes in the country here. I'm going to start recruiting big-time quarterbacks, big-time wide receivers. I'm going to start using them, spread out the field, allow them to make plays. If it means my defense gives up more points, so be it. When, as you said, when NIL came to pass, he starts touting Bryce Young and the six figures that he was making at SEC Media Days, and they did that relatively quietly. I have no idea why Jimbo Fisher was upset about Bro Bible saying they had you know $17 million or whatever. Like, who cares? That's good. That's good for you. And why are you complaining about kids? You get paid millions of dollars, Dabo, to relate to kids. Like, that's your job. That's the gig. Don't tell me why it's so hard. Just do your job. Like, stop whining about it. We we know there's challenges, but, like, you're supposed to win football games. You're supposed to get people on campus, develop them into good players, and win football games. That's why you get paid a lot of money. So just go do that and stop, like, pitting these players against you. And the reality is, like, they're kind of at a crossroads of sorts. It was only one underachieving season, and it was still 10 wins. But the the dictator, you know, it's it's my way or the highway, college football coach that was completely in control, that's going away. And And the coaches that realize that quicker and are able to empower their guys and say, hey, this is what's going on. This is the landscape. I'm going to find a way to excel in it. Those are the people that are going to survive. And the ones that, like, put their feet, you know, in the sand and draw a line in the sand and say, no, we have to do this a certain way. Like those coaches are going to struggle. And there are certain institutional advantages that Clemson has at this point that will probably allow the bottom not to fall out. But like, why are you, why are you fighting against yourself? This is, this is relevant. This is um, what's happening. Like just embrace it. And yeah, there should be, Better regulation, but this was a problem the NCAA created. They dragged their feet on this. State started passing legislation, and all of a sudden they're like, "Oh, we we have to do something. Like we actually have to do something. This is going to become a really unfair situation from state to state." And then they just sort of said, "All right, it's all it's all legal," and now we're having to deal with the consequences.
0: And also, you you could like walk and chew gum on this. So Nick Saban's great example. He watch from on the sideline. He chews dudes out all the time. And he is grumpy at times, but like you mentioned, at the same time, the Bryce Young stuff, right? Also, what it, it's also about what he's not saying, right? Three big examples Lane, uh, Jimbo, and Dabo all say which is ridiculous the fact that the guy's named it Jimbo and Dabo. Like, <laughs> once again. But you know, it's what they are saying. It's what it's what Saban's not saying, right? He's not I mean I'm sure he doesn't love it too, but he gets it. He knows what he's doing. And he said, Stephen, he adapts. John, you get maybe the alley-oop of all alley-oops. Here is Dabo Sweeney on his pay. He was asked, what do you say to people who, t- who say, well, coaches like Dabo Sweeney and Nick Saban are making $10 million a year range. Why shouldn't the athletes be able to profit too? He said, quote, well, Nick Saban is 70 years old. I'm 52 years old. None of us set markets on what we do. We live in a capitalist society. The head of Delta Probably makes more than those who are checking your baggage. Yikes. Yikes. But those people are as vital as anybody. Not, none of us set markets on what we do. It's a free market we live in in anything. It's just that our jobs are so visible in public. I can tell you this. None of us got into coaching to make money, but I don't apologize for being successful. So I'll get everybody can get a turn of this because it's bad. It's real bad. Um, John. Man, I do was you just... want to go with reckless hypocrisy, disrespect to the players? Which which way do you want to take that statement?
3: What's funny is I was getting ready to kind of play devil's advocate a little bit and and okay. argue on behalf of Dabo. And like, yes, there are gonna be unintended consequences to all of this, they're gonna be, you know. Families that push kids in the wrong direction because of NIL, um, or kids are going to make you know poor decisions on locations because of the money. But then he said that, and I'm like, come on, man! You can't argue it's a capitalist society. You're telling them tell on me yourself. that kids You're them yourself. can't take advantage of that as well. Like yes. they're not the ones setting the market either on NIL. Who's setting the market? The schools, the NIL programs, boosters, changes, the boosters, like. The kids aren't the one coming out demanding. I want a million dollars. It's people offering Quinn Ewers a million dollars before he ever s- takes a snap at Ohio State. It's a, a a car dealership offering Spencer Rattler two cars for his use in, during the twenty twenty one season.
0: Who needs I two think, cars? I think. I think. Um. I think Bijan Robinson just signed with Lamborghini, also. So there. Yes. Shout
3: out to Bijan Robinson. Good for him, and good for yes. him, Dan. I'm start calling him the Lamborghini from now on. Yes. I mean, there's no reason that a coach should view NIL as the enemy. Especially if you're going to argue I don't set the market for my salary. I didn't get into coaching for money. I can't apologize for being successful. I'm not going to apologize. And then are then then bring up the working man and say, "Yes, I mean, it just shows how, you're out of touch, man." Like that's just a bad idea from the the press junket, like wherever you're standing and giving this quote, like it's just a bad idea. It just shows a a, le- a level of tone deafness. To even talk about, yes, we all know it's there. We all know the CEO of Delta makes more than the baggage handler. We know that. But if you're the college coach and you're trying to relate to families of players and you're out there talking about, I'm not going to apologize for being successful while you're going into recruits homes that are generally going to be people who are working people, like they're you know middle class working, hardworking folks, and you're trying to relate to their families and tell their kid, tell them, I'm gonna take care of your kid. And I don't, I don't doubt that he's um, – what's the word I'm looking for? That he's uh, – oh, my gosh. Sincere? Uh, yes, that he's sincere in that recruiting pitch. But when you go on and you say something like this to the national media, it's going to make parents a little less likely to believe that pitch at times because, yes, you're a very successful coach. You've earned what you've gotten. At the same time, there's a reason these players are being offered this. Because they've done something to deserve it. And I think that's where he's missing the boat. And whether it's not what it was supposed to be, it is what it is. And the players have an opportunity to earn. And will there be some that get taken advantage of along the way? There are NFL players that get taken advantage of along the way. Mm-hmm. Tyron Smith for the Dallas Cowboys. He's a, a His story is notorious. Family took advantage of him. Didn't know how to manage his money, how to say no to people. And the first you know, few years of his career in the NFL were dealt with a lot of stress trying to deal with family members who were taking, trying to take advantage of him. That's just going to happen. It's bound to happen, whether the kid's making a million, whether he's just going to college and he's got a stipend that somebody's trying to get from him. It's just bound to happen. But it can't be an excuse not to make it happen. Exactly. And, yes, should there be more safeguards? I, I think everybody is probably saying obviously. But here's where we are. And as a, as a college coach at a premier program that's won two national titles in the last decade, it's your job, like you've mentioned, like Nick Saban has done, like Ryan Day, like all these other big-time college coaches, they're figuring out a way to make it work within their system, within their culture. Brent Venables, I don't, I hate to keep bringing up Brent Venables, but mm-hmm. in his opening press conference, he said the same things. like, if we're going to make NIL work with the University of Oklahoma, but if that's all kids are interested in when they're coming on right. recruiting trips, they may not be a good culture fit for us. But he's not completely ignoring the, the fact that NIL is a huge talking point on the recruiting trail as well.
0: And I'll mention uh, the the Bijan Robbins Lamborghini thing. I know it's been a conversation that's happened. I'm not sure if he signed the deal yet. If it does happen, I told you so. But I know at least one of his former teammates had said that uh, that's something that's in the works right now, potentially for him. So, and I think all the points you make are really good, John. It's, it's just, it's, it's ridiculous. Linda, uh, you take a crack at this as well. Um, which part was your favorite of that Dabo comment? Uh, and I, I will say like, just give your thought. Like, do, I mean, Steven said, yeah, they have good infrastructure. And that's totally true. He's built a really awesome thing, but I've got some serious questions about their staying power and losing coordinators. Plus some of these comments have me wondering.
1: Well, yeah, again, Talk less, but here's my here's my biggest Smile issue slash favorite thing. the uh, <laughs> Sorry, The biggest red them flag them. is that he flies Delta. Don't fly Delta. That's my advice. First of all, right out of the gate. Wow. Second Something's of all, he says, "Wow." About about baggage, they get paid less, but they're vital to uh, the success of of whatever's happening. So you're saying they get paid? Yes. That's a terrible analogy if baggage claim didn't make any money that might be a better analogy but of course they're getting paid less than the person in charge that's how jobs work which i would argue is what college athletics are you have to go to class you've got to do you know two days you've got games on the weekends there's if you're your schedule is controlled much like a job is Exactly. You have to be where somebody else is telling you to be and that somebody makes more money than you do, but you're still making money. You contribute by far the biggest income to the the company in this in this regard. So, just bad bad analogy from every angle you could look at it. An awful analogy. And as a English nerd, it pissed me off. Like it made me extra mad on top of the poor opinion uh steven
0: i'll let you know you got a chance here to not be snarky towards west virginia fans you can do it to dabbo sweeney so go ahead and take your shot
2: yeah i don't know linda don't Delta biscoff cookies i mean i feel like those go pretty they do crazy. which are I like heat. cookies Heat. are you not a fan of biscoff cookies on the flight like that's i think that's the best in-flight snack and
3: yeah, Atlanta's airport is one of the best hubs to go through.
2: Atlanta does have the, I mean, if you anything
0: you want, PF Chang's, some of the nicest people, yeah, nice people. I just I people
1: them. watch at the airport. Like I'll just sit. Atlanta's great at for people. that. It's yep. fantastic. It's the best game. It is the best
0: game. Shout
3: out Delta, sponsor the show. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
0: Blocked
2: on Big Twelve, brought to you by Delta. Uh, uh, hopefully, uh, see we go ahead. I mean, I'll just echo what's been said, which is I I don't understand what what Dabo's end game is here. Okay, oh, here's here's a question: Is
0: there anything possible that's positive beside like one Christian family that wants their son to go to college and play left tackle for like the the right reasons, going and playing
2: for Clemson? Like, is there anything else that can be positive out of this? No, not really. I mean, I just like anytime you start talking about people's money, it doesn't end well. I just feel like that's a good, a good life tool. Now, granted, he was asked these questions, so in a certain, to a certain extent, he had to answer them. Um, But but everybody else has been answering them, and like I hear Lincoln Riley, he's like, "I love NIL," but at least he's saying it, like he's doing it through great yeah. teeth. But like, it's just stop being well, so and, goddamn
0: honest. I know. What I'm just
2: saying. And honestly, like everybody wants money. Like that's not, that's not an indictment of someone's character. And I don't buy that. These 18 year old kids are just like money hungry to the point that they're coming to our recruiting visits and they're immediately saying, here's my resume, show me your NIL deals. But it's not, it's not unreasonable to think that if, if that's a possibility, then you're going to want to hear what the school is doing Uh, to get it done. And I would imagine behind the scenes, I would hope, I don't know this for a fact, I would hope Clemson has a more coherent plan Mm -hmm. than what their head coach is selling to the media. Uh, But they better because, again, it's like, like it or not, it's coming. It's like when in, in the office, when your email changes or something, or like one of your processes changes, and you just all get around with your coworkers and you just complain about it. But at the end of the day, you're going to have to do it like you're going to you're going to have to do it it's it's just it's it's fun to do that amongst yourselves maybe don't go do that to Chris Lowe of ESPN <laughs> i i the big thing for for like for if you're Oklahoma right it's like one more
0: program and shoot
3: themselves in the foot that might be competing for the same kids you're competing for. Oh, 100%. Yeah, I mean, since Brent Venables has come to Oklahoma, the Southeast has become a big-time recruiting target right. for the Sooners. Like Todd Bates, McGill Shavis, they're all over Florida, Georgia, Alabama. They're hitting that hot and heavy, trying to get especially defensive line targets out of the, the Southeast, especially Florida. So, yeah, you're, you're now competing with Clemson, or Clemson you're now competing with Oklahoma for the same kids. And if that's not on the table for y'all, then you're going to be far behind everybody at this point, whether yeah. it's Alabama or Texas A&M or Oklahoma or Ohio state, everybody's digging into it and getting into it and finding a way to make it work for their school. If you're not going to, again, it's going to, it's going to impact you negatively at some point. Maybe Dallas think- Sweeney can come to Oklahoma and be a quality control <laughs> assistant. Quite.
0: I, well, I, I think there's like something to the idea that, He's done so well there, yeah. But it's it was the college ball was different then, right? You know what I mean.
3: The landscape has changed dramatically in the last exactly,
0: and this is why we've seen Roy Williams call it quits. We've seen Coach K call it quits. We know I think Bob Huggins is going to call it quits soon because he spoke openly about this. I I think also for him, there's there's probably people in that department who are not telling him no. Number one, it's because like out of respect for what he's built, but. Like number two is just like, you know, the way they it worked before worked, but it doesn't work. You know, it's not going to work now. And there is a learning curve to that. So I think that's something to watch for a lot of programs. You know what I mean? And and um, I actually think all the programs here being spoken for, unless somebody wants to say something different, but Oklahoma State, TCU and OU are all in pretty good places. As far as that's concerned, we all not in agreement. I mean, nobody wants to win the battle of public opinion more than Sonny Dykes. <laughs> this, man, this man is a is a walking is a walking oh, man. press conference
3: win. I, f- I felt so bad for Sonny Dykes. He came in like second to last in that athletic poll that was like, How confident are you or comfort in your head coach or whatever? And he was like second to last. I was like, he just got there and there and TCU's not really all or fans are not really that excited about it. That
2: was, we're just we're we're wounded we're wounded animal John. we're, we're still i, I would say
0: tcu is like the opposite of what i consider like i'm like dave aranda does not win the press conference when you wins you games i think tcu might be that in 2022 football it's like hey what well, was the press conference not sure going to really many games is that fair steven
2: mm-hmm. uh yeah we'll see it remains to be seen he's definitely winning the pr battle um he's he's much <laughs> more about what matters yeah. this time of year it's funny, like, so they've been miking up coaches at practice, which is something that never happened in the old regime. And Anthony Jones, the new running backs coach, was mic'd up uh, today. And he was, he mentioned to another coach that Pooh Scheisty was playing over the loudspeakers at practice. And I was on Instagram and I just see all these former players like commenting, like, holy crap, they're playing Pooh Scheisty at practice. Like, this, <laughs> this, this would never happen. In the, in, in the previous 20 years of D.C. football. So, yeah, it's, it's a different world. Uh, also, I, I, I forgot I was talking to the other day, but somebody was like, yeah,
0: Texas. Actually, I was talking to Dusty DeVore yesterday. He said, Texas might have their next head coach on the staff, and I was like, what? So, that's somebody, I just, all of it's going to be so weird. I love Big 12 football. All right, uh, we spent way too long talking about all this stuff. I kept you all way too long. Time to do Plugs. Uh, Linda, you are up first.
1: Plug uh, everything,
0: including your bullshit spring NFL takes, whatever. <laughs> Basketball's NFL up for Josh. Leave Linda. Top alone.
1: seven kickers for twenty twenty two fantasy <laughs> draft season, dog. I won't do that till after the draft. First of all, it's always fantasy football season. But you can find me on Twitter at Lindellians. The show is at Locked underscore on underscore pokes on Twitter, uh, locked on pokes on all of your podcast listening tools and then eventually the youtube's coming as soon as i can figure out how to upload a video on my really really slow internet which
2: colquitt quit, brother will help your fantasy team the most i'm gonna
0: fist fight
1: you
2: steven you're up (laughs) i'm at simcox steven on twitter the show is at locked on tcu we are still on all your uh, handy dandy podcast platforms we're also on youtube locked on horn frogs on youtube I have 23 subscribers. I'm like Bo Burnham, so uh, follow me there, please. Subscribe to the channel. Well,
0: Cam Newton's comments hurt his fantasy grade. We'll discuss next. John, what do you have
3: for your plug? Yeah, don't draft Cam Newton in your fantasy football leagues. He's he's washed, um, even if you were on a team. He's washed. Both politically and as a player. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> And you might not want to draft Baker Mayfield either because you yes. don't know where he's going to end up. But uh, over on Locked On Sooners, we're getting ready for Oklahoma yeah. versus Texas in uh, Big 12 softball. Oklahoma just came off a big three-game sweep over Texas Tech, outscoring the Red Raiders 43 to nothing mm. um, in the three games. Jocelyn Olive now leads the NCAA in home runs and is tied for number one with a Batting average over 500. So that's a lot of fun to talk about. Uh, you can follow myself and Josh Helmer over at Locked On Sooners. And you can subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts and also available on YouTube as well.
0: You guys can follow me on Twitter at Big 12 No NFL draft takes for you until the draft. Actually happens, or actually, well, no, a little bit before that. Uh, you guys can find us at Lo Big Twelve. You guys can find me at Josh Neighbors underscore. You guys can find the show wherever your podcast and on YouTube as well. We will see you all next week.